0: Welcome to DJ Grandpa's Crib, the crowdfunding podcast. Each week, I interview real people with honest dreams. Today is Monday, May 26, 2014. And on this day in history, in 1907, American actor John Wayne was born. Dude, happy birthday. Why are you marching, son? I'd really like to know, Cause of Valley Forge, or perhaps the
1: Alamo? Or one if by land, two if by sea? A trumpet's call, the will to be free?
0: First up on the crypt, a game about a little pixel that could, name Pip.
2: We got Kathy and Mark here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just looking at the copy
2: make sure I got right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, welcome to the crib, man. It's it's cool to have TikTok games, man, in the house. Very cool, man. Hello? Oh, you need some volume. You can't hear me. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got plenty of volume. Plenty. No, oh, shit we can me. hear
2: you. We can hear you. Oh,
0: I was about to say, that's pretty
2: loud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How you guys doing?
2: Good, how are you doing?
0: Doing well, I'm excited.
2: Great, we're excited too.
0: I love that Pip character.
2: Awesome.
0: He's fighting like this frog and this whole blobulous creature. Totally cool (laughs) with me, man. Totally cool. Skeletons, all of that, man. Is this like Pip of old? Because I keep hearing about some Pip in the past, but and there's a Pip like my children or some of their friends watch. But then there's also your pip. I mean which who will the real pip please stand up?
2: <laughs> we have heard of other adventures of pips, but our pip is the pip. He is the pip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what we do with our pip, he's all about evolution. No, what you do with
0: your own pip is nobody I mean it's nobody's <laughs> business but yours. <laughs>
3: Get your pip out (laughs) of (laughs)
0: here. You guys do have a lot of backers, man. That's impressive. But I don't want to suppress the vote because they still need the money. So please go to (laughs) Kickstarter.com and check out Adventures of Pip because they have a ways to go and
2: help spread the word too. And if you check out the video, it is very exciting. One thing with our video, everybody's been asking us to see more gameplay. And so oh, what yeah. we want to do is within this week, we're going to send a, a gameplay update so people will get to see everything that is involved with our evolution-type gameplay and you know, really let them understand our mechanics. You're right about that because that
0: did make me mad. I watched the video like four times to get into it because it's only like a minute. I was like reading all the captions and yelling at my wife about Pip. You know, I was like, dude. It's a teaser,
2: it's a teaser.
0: I mean, it does tease, man, because I was teased like into anger. <laughs> it reminds
3: me of that at t commercial. We want more, we want more.
0: I was like, dude. <laughs> I need a longer trailer. What's going on here, Pip? (laughs) Yeah, I was totally into it, man. It's like this pixelated cat. He's like fighting all sorts of demons and all sorts of things. And I guess he's the hero of his kingdom. Like I told you, all these creatures and they're all like 50 times bigger than he is. So how could he win? I guess that's why they call him Pip
2: but <laughs> he's just a little pixel and this evil queen comes and steals all the pixels from the kingdom and uses that to build all of the evil creatures so mm-hmm. what you do is every time you kill a creature you take the pixels back and you rebuild yourself and make yourself bigger and that's also what you use to help rebuild the kingdom as well my question is now
0: pip say he kills this giant frog or whatever it is does he like in the end become bigger, kind of like a Gulliver's type of thing? He's from like this little pipsqueak
2: to where he becomes big. Where he's like running things. He starts out as just one cube, but then he'll grow arms, then he grows legs, and he'll he'll be able to do more things. He can run, then he can punch. Every time you get more pixels, you have more abilities because you got.
4: You got got more
2: art. The trailer is just totally fun. That's why I was
0: yelling at the trailer. I mean, I I know that's stupid. You shouldn't (laughs) yell at the television and stuff like that. But, but I mean, it was just totally cool to me. And and it just looks like a ton of fun to me.
3: So like Mark was saying, you grow hands and one and run evolution. So now you're able to ledge grab. You'll be able to, you know, reach an area that you, that you saw earlier as a single pip, but now you have hands so you can climb up and see you know yeah, we, different enemies or different rewards that we have trickled, you know, hidden.
2: Right. Also the the queen taking the pixels back, that was Kathy's idea. That's mine. I'm a genius.
0: <laughs> wow, you, you got talents too, man.
2: is <laughs> the producer on the game, but she's also a designer. What are his stages
0: of evolution? Because you keep saying evolution, so I'm thinking there must be some calculated (laughs) stages. Do you have any terms for them or something that would be cool?
3: (laughs) Right now, we have just internal naming. So when you're a single pixel, we call you single pip. Uh, (laughs) When you're when you. Blip's the name I think
2: we've been calling him for block pip.
0: Oh, that's when he's the cube. When he's (laughs) the borg. When he's the borg, he's he's blip. Mm We got the chicken. We have
3: the chicken pip. Since he he has, like, little stubby
2: arms. Chicken arms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hold up, hold up. I mean, how's a cube gonna fight? I mean, a little bitty cube. He just jumps on enemies. Old Mario style. Kinetic force, gotcha, okay. (laughs) Once he's got little cube hands, then he can start punching. And our next one is sword pip. And
3: then his final state for now is skinny pip.
2: He's got arms and legs, but they're just made out of you know, strings of cubes. So oh, okay. he just looks skinny.
3: <laughs> kind of looks like Mark.
2: <laughs> he becomes a gladiator at one time. Eventually, he he gets pretty hefty, and he gets like magic abilities and all this other stuff.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. He becomes like the Terminator Pip.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next nickname.
0: Pip just reminds me of something old that was totally cool and like you guys brought it back.
2: It is going down that retro feel. Me and Kathy aren't spring chickens either, I don't <laughs> think. We grew up on Nintendo, NES-type right. tiles, so it's definitely something that's nostalgic for us.
0: Is there anything you'd like to say to your backers? Because I really haven't given you a chance
2: to say that if you do. Just want to say thanks, guys. I mean, definitely we've had some backers that have been really active on the boards and have been really trying to support us, and mention us on other website boards. So, you know, that's been great. If we could get more of that, that's, that's all we need. So I want to say thanks to you guys, to any potential backers, you know, check us out on our Twitter, it's TikTok Games. We're constantly active and we're, we're doing it for you guys, trying to make sure that you know you're involved through every step of the process. Now, Kathy, you're not
0: really saying much. So much. <laughs> I don't think there's anything personal. I don't think there's any malice behind it or anything like that.
3: I know, I'm just super shy. I don't know. Okay. This whole Kickstarter experience for me personally has been an experience. I've always been in the, the shadows, you know, making <laughs> sure you know, people have the help that they need or, you know, projects stay on track. So being on camera talking about projects, <laughs> it's a little out of my comfort zone, but it's definitely helping me as a person. To it, grow, it is, it you is know? for
2: both of us. Both of us. But your tough. Skype
3: handle
0: had dog at the end of it. You can't be that shy.
3: <laughs> it's a front. <fright>.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, she's going to be a live one. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: definitely both of us are trying to really get ourselves out there but we're we're turtles.
0: <laughs> I understand that because DJ Grandpa's a late bloomer. So I have an affinity for turtles and pips and you know stuff like <laughs> <laughs> stuff like.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely the theme of our game is it's an underdog story. So <laughs> It's something that we relate to very closely.
0: Are you guys heavily into the geek community or anything like that? Somewhat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it may be a dumb question. Maybe. I, I don't know. My geekiest thing I could say is I've started knitting. <laughs> hmm, my daughter does that. <laughs> so. I'm knitting scarves, and I'm I'm putting pixel patterns on them.
0: Dude, that's a special reward. (laughs) A pip-pixelated scarf or something. Handmade by the project creator himself. You got to put that up, man. I'm telling you, that's a keepsake.
2: Oh, man. Uh, It takes so long to make (laughs) each one of those scarves.
0: Well, that's why you only offer, like, you know, limited quantity. Four or five, you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: You can't get it anywhere else here except on DJGrandpa.com or TikTok Games, man. That's the only place. Handmade. You... With love. With
3: sweat and love.
0: Uh, okay, okay.
3: <laughs> now, now, Kathy,
0: uh, I can't call you. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to go there. But, <laughs> but Kathy, <Yeah. laughs> what's your geekiest moment
3: I have two tattoos on my wrist, one on each wrist from my favorite video game growing up. The game is Kid Icarus, and I have the Eggplant Wizard on my right wrist, and then I have uh, Pit.
2: Not Pip, but Pit. Pit.
3: His name is (laughs) Pitts. I have him on my left arm.
2: He's an eggplant. It's hard to explain
3: because when you encounter the eggplant wizard, if he attacks you, you turn into this eggplant thing, and then you have to like travel all across the freaking level to a different section to get healed, and then you have to like go back to that room and like just avoid him. So, I have.
2: So, in other words, she's got a pixel eggplant with legs on her arm. During her
0: explanation, I was shaking my head. I was like, "What sort of Twilight Zone is this? Where I'm talking about eggplants and wizards and the I same?" I know. You're like, "Oh, I feel sorry. I
2: asked that geek question." That might be, yeah. That might
0: be. That might be a low blow. I mean, actually, there was no way to dig your way out of that hole. You won the contest.
3: What do I win? A handmade scarf. A from pixelated Marvel. pip scarf,
0: Very few yeah. in existence, man. You guys have been a joy to talk to, man. It's almost like we're on late-night television or something. (laughs)
2: Let's keep talking. Yeah, thank you.
0: I think the eggplant just blew my mind.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's nowhere to go after that.
0: (laughs) No, there's no way I could top that. I mean, everything is diminishing returns after kathy man no wonder she doesn't speak because when she does she like she rips up the whole stage there's nothing left for me done (laughs) and with that said they have roughly nine days left on kickstarter and i want you to go check out the adventures of pip it's a story of one pixel's journey to arms and legs and a head and wielding a sword and all that sort of cool stuff, and he gets to jump from level to level. Now, the trailer's too short, so you need to go to the comment section and demand a longer trailer. But <laughs> other than that, man, this game is super cool, and I want you to go to kickstarter.com and check out the adventures. Well, it's just Adventures of Pip. And if you awesome. can't find it there, go to djgrandpa.com, and I will proudly share links about Pip And I got to get that stupid mushroom game that Kathy spoke of either. Maybe there's a YouTube video or something I can, because that is haunting me now. That's never going to go away.
2: Awesome, thank you.
3: That's what I do. I make lasting impressions on people. I know, you don't talk much, but you fill the room. But I'm quiet, I find my moment to strike, and then it's like, boom. I I love you, dog. I love you too,
0: grandpa.
5: Hi, my name is Tom Vellani. I'm a graduate student at Rutgers University and inventor of Visicol. Visicol is an innovative chemical formula that's used to render biological specimens transparent. This is useful in a number of research applications since you can visualize the internal structures of an organism without the need for tedious sectioning techniques.
0: Typically now, a specimen we should not be rude, we, thin but I'd like to welcome you gentlemen the to, you to the, the, the crib. well,
5: thanks for having us.
0: You guys are at Rutgers one University, one right? Specimens.
6: Right, okay, right.
0: good school, good school and all of that. I always kind of wanted to go there.
6: How did you guys wind up there and in, in, in your respective field of biology? We all wound up in grad school because you know, we love science. It's always something we've been very passionate about. Right, and who and are you? It, this is Michael. Yeah, sorry, this is Michael. <laughs> <Yeah.
5: laughs> I always was really interested in chemistry. I uh, came here to work actually on plants and work on plant medicines and, and natural products of plants. I work in a, in a lab where I actually study algae and study the uh, medicinal properties of algae. That was kind of my background. We were exposed to clearing in plants because when you work a lot with plants, you do microscopy. And it's really useful to clear plant tissue so that you can visualize it. The story kind of behind Visicol is that the traditional clearing agent that they used to use for plants was actually an illegal drug it was a date rape drug called chlorohydrate you know it's illegal to possess unless you have a really expensive license you have to do lots of paperwork and so the original idea behind this project was just to come up with a clearing agent that worked as good as chlorohydrate but that wasn't a drug
0: what is the coolest one you think you have on your kickstarter page you know that's a backer related pledge
6: so the one that's most popular so far is the cleared lizard. It's a whole-body lizard, so you can see the uh, you can see the liver. You can see part of the intestines in there. You can see what it ate for breakfast. Right. You can see its brain. You can see its uh, optic nerves. That one is very cool-looking. It looks kind of like a dragon from Game of Thrones or something. So that right. one, I think, is our favorite, and it's been everybody's favorite so far.
0: Before I contacted you guys or before I watched the video, when I looked, I was like, clear, man, that's creepy. I'm like, Damn. I was like, how could that be art? I was like, that is creepy.
5: I gotta tell you, we were the exact same way. We did not really envision doing this until other people started to find it really fascinating. Like <laughs> science made sense to me, you know, studying right. uh, the bones, studying the cartilage. It's like, okay, yeah, for science, of course. But um, it really took the two marks that work with us. They had some contacts in the taxidermy field and they were really interested in trying to sell them basically. And so Michael reached out to a bunch of people in this field, and we we got some decent interest. And so we decided, you know, why not? We'll uh, we'll give it a try. We kind of envisioned it in the long run becoming more of like an educational tool, kind of to steer clear of the weirder aspects of it, more like – you know, like, like you have bones in your in your right.
0: laboratory. Well, I'm thinking because of, like, the goth people, and I may not know much about them or anything, but I'm thinking the people who have, like, the darker makeup around the eyes or the big <laughs> black trench coats or something. I'm yeah. thinking they, you know, the Angelina Jolie before she became all legitimate and ambassador types. I'm thinking they would wear <laughs> one around their neck or something. <laughs>
5: Listen, you literally described this girl that was a good friend with one of my friends in Boston. I showed her a picture of the mouse, and I actually had one with me. I was like, take a look at this. She has orange hair. She dresses in this crazy way. She's got piercings all over her face. You basically described yeah. her. And so uh, she was like, oh, my God, I have to have one. So that's apparently the people who like are really – like people who get tattoos, kind of oh, right. dragon tattoo. I'm sure they'd be interested in having this on their wall.
0: Any of you have a motorcycle and some leather and lace? I mean, not lace. That'd be prints, <laughs> But I mean, some some leather and chains and stuff. You no, know,
5: yeah, somebody had talked about a leather lab coat at one point,
0: like a lizard medallion in one of those taxicle Man, I, know, <laughs> I would totally go for that, man. I mean, for Halloween, anything, man. This is t- this is beyond education, man. Now, is any of this like isotope type of stuff, you know, like radioactive, any sort of properties
6: like that? I wouldn't have been as interested in it if it was radioactive. Some background on that, people ask if it's safe. When we sell the specimens to somebody, what they're going to get is they're going to get a cleared specimen that sits in glycerol. Glycerol is completely innocuous. The Mm -hmm. chemical Visicol, which we use to actually clear the specimen, is totally cleaned away. So the thing you get is totally innocuous. It's just a skeleton- In glycerol, glycerol is in cough syrup, so it's totally safe what you're getting in the mail from us. And then with that being said, the the chemical, Visicol, the reason we launched this Kickstarter is that we want to lower the price of making Visicol. Because right now we buy the chemicals in small quantities, which is really expensive. We want to be able to buy VisiCol chemicals in bulk, make VisiCol for much cheaper so we get it in the hands of more researchers who are looking at things like Alzheimer's and also making specimens at a price so people can afford them and use them in their classroom.
0: To be able to take tissue and make it um, transparent, translucent, invisible, slightly, whatever, I mean, that's still amazing, period, because, I mean, where do you go from here? I mean,
6: it, it can only get better I'll yeah. let Tom talk about yeah. this because this is a very exciting part of where we're going next. So we're launching this TaxiClear, but right. where Visicol is going, we're going as a company. Tom excited to talk about.
5: Oh, definitely. So, yeah, the research potential for Visicol is really tremendous because right now the way that you study complicated biology involves slicing tissues into hundreds and hundreds of tiny little sections. And then you look at them one by one and put it back together again with a computer or, you know, with your mind.
0: That's barbaric.
5: So, no, of course. And it takes forever and you got to be really good at it. And it's right. like it's really not easy. And so what you could do with Visicol is, you know, of course, clear a whole tissue. So you could take a brain. You can highlight all the neurons using some type of stain that you're interested in studying. So, like, say you found some type of neuron that is responsible for how you learn to whatever. And so then you clear the brain and you can highlight these neurons and then study, for example, how they develop in a brain. You could do it on a bunch of mice and study each mouse and how they develop. Likewise, you could use it to study Alzheimer's and cancer development. Because basically you can combine this with the traditional techniques of staining with immunohistochemistry, they call it. You take antibodies that have labeled stains on them and then they just attach right to areas of interest and then you clear the tissue – and then you can see exactly where in the brain the specific tissue you're trying to look at is located.
0: Now, I know this is a stupid question, but do you have to be dead to use this on you or (laughs) use this on you? (laughs) That's
5: not a stupid question. Yeah, exactly. Listen, a PhD student from Harvard insisted that I figure (laughs) out a way to make it work on living (laughs) tissue. So that's not a stupid question by any means. And Perhaps one day I'll focus on that, but Visicol, you have to replace so much of the fluid in the tissue with Visicol that I don't think it could ever work. It might work on a living plant tissue, but I think it just wouldn't kill the plant. It would, like, you would do it, it would kill the area that it cleared, and it just wouldn't kill the rest of the plant. But anyway, we are intending to clear, um, this guy that we're working with wants to clear a whole. Person at some point in the future.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to ask that. I felt like I would creep myself out.
5: <laughs> the Invisible Man. He keeps calling it. Right. It's creeping me out too. Yeah, so
4: maybe you'll see that come and see. Yeah,
5: maybe that'll be next. A super uh, soldier or something.
4: It'll be the next <laughs>
2: Kickstarter. The visit call Invisible Man project. Yeah, right.
5: Because <laughs> that'll be that'll be something something else. That'll be finally we'll get into the area of you know science that's totally new. You know what I mean? And that'll be something that's that's rather exciting. And we feel there's a lot of potential to study. With neuroscience, which, of course, is a great, really interesting field. Or actually, tomorrow in Texas, we're going to do an experiment where we stay in the arteries in a brain of right. a mouse and then clear it so you can kind of track all the way the blood flows through the brain, essentially. And as far as I've been able to research, I don't think that's ever been done on a whole brain before, so it'll be cutting-edge research. We're
0: really excited about it. No animals were killed in the taping of this podcast right
5: we got a, a little bit of flack from people who were concerned that we were like buying animals from the pet store and murdering them for this. We had to make it clear that, you know, they're already frozen. It's like the ones you feed snakes, you know? <laughs> 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 Not like killing animals by the thousands here. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't see that in your eyes, man. <laughs> <laughs> <of>
5: Bloodlust. <laughs> so, so
0: hold on, hold on. So-
5: if the marks were here, you could take a good look at that.
0: Hold up, man. You guys are scientists, and we're not even going to give the person who invented VisiCol anything any credit?
5: That was me right here, Tom. Yeah. I was uh, in a microscopy class, like I was telling you, and they were telling us about chloral hydrate. Right. He was telling me that it was illegal, so I went over to my professor. I was like, hey, doc, I am sure we can develop a substitute for this stuff. I don't know why that somebody hasn't done it already, but I'm sure we could do it. And I wrote down a couple chemicals on the paper. We signed it, and then we submitted the invention disclosure form. It wasn't as climactic as I always thought it would be to invent something. It was almost an afterthought, like, oh, wow, that would be a good idea. I feel like I probably invented thousands of good things and just threw them away because I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, this one, I sat down with Nick and we were talking about it. And Nick encouraged me to really think about it from a business perspective. And we right. kind of did the numbers. And so, uh, so we did.
0: <laughs> I have a newfound respect for you now, man. <laughs> I love being a part of moments in history. And this is like my Bill Nye Science Guy moment in history. (laughs) Except, you know, Bill's not involved. But (laughs) But go to kickstarter.com and check out Taxi Clear, creating transparent animals art through biology. I think it's totally cool, man. These cats are out of New Jersey, Rutgers University right now. And science is always cool. And I always support it. Weird signs, man, all the way. And it's not just for the Goth community, even though I picked on them a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you gotta pick on somebody, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having us. All right, Thank you.
1: Hello, Katie. Hello, Carl. I would like you to meet DJ Grandpa. Sup, Grandpa? How's it
0: going? <laughs> it's going great. <laughs> How are you? It's going okay. Man, you guys have endurance. Endurance. <laughs> 60 days on Kickstarter, man. That's, it's not a record, but it is an endurance record for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now. Katie, you're not saying anything, and I was told in advance that you're probably shy, but that's no excuse on the crib. I I mean, that's no excuse. How can I? Carl never, he's always talking. I mean, is is he like your boss so you can't interrupt him? It's it's like playing (laughs) golf with your boss or tennis and you can't win or something? I would never let Carl
7: win. Uh, Not in golf, anyway. Actually, Carl handles most of the Kickstarter Stuff. Okay, well, what are you here for? I, I make things look
0: pretty. Oh, come on, this sounds like a Pinterest gig. You're more oh, than that. No, oh,
7: no, no, not at all. Uh, well, you probably haven't seen the new Police Precinct 2nd Edition cover.
0: Were you working on the board?
7: I
1: was indeed, yes. Unlike with Police Precinct, this time you won't get any help from your gaming friends because Snitch is not a co-op. Well,
0: how do you feel Players about Carl putting a woman as the it's mob the boss? Of course <laughs> I love that. All right, so he's a good employer then. Oh, totally. He's fair towards women and all of that sort of shit.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is.
0: I have to ask these questions. I mean, because you're shy and he's not going to admit to any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
1: I will say up front, he's
0: good. He's great. I'm sure Carl wants to get back to snitch because we haven't really, I mean, this could be the first time anyone's heard of it. I didn't know we were coming on here to talk about the game. It's good to be selfless, but <laughs> let's talk about the game. Katie, do you want to talk about the game? Should you describe it or should Carl do it? I'm, I'm going to let you make the move first.
1: I know how she'll answer that, but
7: go ahead, Katie. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, I primarily work on police precinct. Oh. And Stitch is not my baby.
0: Hey, I saw in an email that Police Precinct is like one of the top-rated police games in the world.
1: I'll take that. Sure. Yeah, go, run, oh, hold it, up, man. but that's her baby. Why are you gonna take her baby? You can't if you, you do... saw that. That must be true. But go, Katie, <laughs> go ahead and expound on that.
6: <laughs> yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what else can we say, DJ? We'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> All right, Carl, what's your opinion on The voting of Police Precinct is one of the best police games of all time.
1: It is very well thought of in that theme, and it's very well thought of as a game that has a very good theme, and it is nominated within the Dice Tower as being the best co-op game of 2013 and the best themed game of 2013. They don't announce the winners of that, uh, I believe, until the Dice Tower Con, which is July 4th. But uh, Fantasy also had it nominated for a bunch of things, and it won the Best Co-op of 2013. Well, let's talk about Snitch.
0: We've talked all around the world and stuff, and now back again. What's the game about,
1: man? So the game is about... Getting uh, information from informants and getting it to the DA to help make a case against the kingpin of a crime organization. This is exciting. I'm trying to hear the um, drama in your voice. (laughs) You play the character of a detective and... You actually have three snitches that you can activate, a level one snitch, a level two snitch, and a level three snitch. And the different levels have to do with sort of the carrying capacity of that snitch, which really has to do with sort of how high level they are within the crime organization. So a level three snitch reports directly to the kingpin. A level one snitch is just sort of a general uh, street thug within the organization. And a level two is you know, someone who's in charge of a crew or whatever, Right. you're trying to go out there and meet these bad guys and establish relationships with them and get information from them. And the big thing that you're trying to do is help the DA make the case. Right. The rules are posted on our website. Um, They're not pretty looking like the kind of rule book that Katie would make. (laughs) Uh, We've got our brand manager for Snitch, Chuck, working on these assorted items and he he does really awesome things but not pretty though he's a man so he doesn't do pretty, pretty things <laughs> no gender bias i'll leave it at that he's a man so he doesn't do pretty. okay
0: okay i'm sure Chuck will want to hear that part um he's he's what they're
7: handsome they're not pretty they're handsome <laughs> oh there you know, we go right? that's
0: still not gonna work but it is a okay. good try good try is this female mob boss is she like um a kind of, gentler mob boss, or is she just as ruthless and cutthroat and thirsty as any other mob boss? They don't come no more ruthless than her. <laughs> you sound like we're talking about the Wild Wild West or something. Oh, okay. Does she have a name? She does not have a name. We need to think of a name, but I understand. We need to think of a name.
1: We you know? refer to her as Kingpin. Do you have a print and
0: play or anything like that?
1: Uh, we have a print and play, yep. Can I find it on Kickstarter at... uh? You can find it on Kickstarter. You can find it on BoardGameGeek. You can email me. When I was in college, I was almost
0: expelled several times because they just kept telling me that I couldn't say what was in my mind because the real world wasn't like that. You could never keep a job like that. But my whole (laughs) career has been predicated on me saying what's on the top of my mind you know exactly (laughs) and and sometimes I get in trouble because it pisses off a vice president or or (laughs) something like that but it's like but then they say well it's like he he's always right all the time so it's not like we could fire him or anything so they just kept giving me more money And so I felt it was like a
1: vindication. When I was in school, I was sort of the class clown. And uh, I was, in fact, told Katie earlier today that I had (laughs) 72 detentions in seventh grade. And I got suspended three times and uh, 72 detentions in seventh grade. And these are things I'm quite proud of. (laughs) You know, you would think, gosh, that guy is going to have problems in life. And where's he going with his life? That kind of thing. And, you know, that's the last guy you think. Would sort of have a chance. And I think that served me really well because it's helped me with, you know, being able to, you know, get out there and, you know, have some fun with humor and, and speak what's on my mind. You know, maybe I was a little bit like you, DJ, that uh, I was willing to do things that you're really not supposed to do. And then that's sort of serving me well to this day.
7: Right. We are three peas in a pod because I'm just going to throw this out there. I, too, was suspended a few times, six times, <laughs> six times, and I wasn't even there a whole year. Wow. That's impressive, Kate. Mostly
0: for insubordination. So we have a problem with authority. That's the, that's <laughs> that's the <it>. real <laughs> That's the root of all of this. But we put out the best board games ever, so check us out <laughs> on Kickstarter. We're talking about snitch here and our problems with authority. I mean, it's lucky that we... We chose to go on the right side of the law instead of becoming a crime boss like the young lady in this game. Amen. Which I have affectionately named Esther. So go to kickstarter.com and check out Snitch. And if you can't find it there, go to DJ Grandpa. and We have multiple links. Don't ask us why for Snitch. And we proudly support them. Dudes, I want to say thank you very much. And this has been a thrilling conversation. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us dj all
0: right i'll see you guys later Bye. Bye. remember we are the crowdfunding channel and we cover the globe
2: hi my name is thomas gofton creator of albion's legacy thank you so much for taking the time to watch this video and learn a bit more about this game behind me is the design team that worked with me for the last six to seven months on putting this game together
0: dj grandpa here how's it albion's going legacy is pretty good how are you doing lore. I saw that video of yours, man. Very cool. What is there about Albion's Legacy that I should know, man? Because this game looks exciting. It looks like it might be fun. You have an incredible graphic artist, by the way. So tell me about this
4: game. Well, Albion's Legacy started with my absolute fascination with Arthurian legend, and uh, playing board games on a regular basis weekly with my uh, design team and our group of friends before we became a design team. You know, I was just, we were playing a few games one night, and I just, I loved the games that I was playing, and I, I just made a comment, I said, man, I really wish there were more games like this, but Arthurian. And uh, my one uh, friend, who's part of the team, turned to me and says, because he tends to goad me on all the time, and he says, well, why don't you go make one, man? You're an entrepreneur. And well, eight months later, here we are, here I am talking to you. <laughs> wow. So the game is, um, it's about scene. So I guess I don't know if you've ever heard the term Ameritrash, which is kind of like a an Americanized phrase for games that are created in in North America that are very theme related where the theme ends up taking over control of the gameplay and sometimes the game can actually not be so so strong in strategy or in randomness or in just ability to plan and move forward but instead it's theme. So you're like, oh, you know, the game doesn't really work out so well, but because it's got a cool theme to it and it <laughs> feels like you're watching a movie, I like the game. But as a game, it doesn't work out so well. Whereas in the, in the European standards, when they talk about like the European family games, right. these games are heavily strategy-based. Well, they make you think about what you're doing, but sometimes you're talking about meeples and things, and you got to pretend a meeple is an orc, or you got to pretend a meeple is a castle. Like, <laughs> it's, it's hard like, your imagination is more suspended when you're playing right. these games, but it's really strategy-based. Well, what I tried to do is put the two together, so you've got a heavily themed game, but the theme isn't important enough to make those decisions matter. Your decisions as the strategic player with your friends is what's going to make you win or lose the game, not because you had a certain named weapon or because you had to play a certain character because it's theme-based. So all the theme stereotypes are in the game, but they break the theme stereotypes in the sense that if so-and-so is only meant to hold a certain sword in the Arthurian legend, it's okay because other people can hold the sword and still win the game, even though in the lore that's not right. It doesn't matter because the strategy needs to be there. that makes sense?
0: Oh, there's one thing we should not leave out, though. I don't know if we really described, I mean, how do you play the game? I mean, how okay. do we have fun at this game, man? How
4: do you play? Okay, here's the thing. So there's no knowledge of the Arthurian legend necessary. So you don't have to be a King Arthur fan. play the game, because all the stuff is in the the game, all the rules and stuff, it's all there, all the the story is there, but here's how you play. You pick your characters, you get your group of heroes, Uh, we've got some some excellent heroines, we've got some excellent heroes, wizards, knights, the works, we we, we splattered them all in there, it's all inclusive. And you pick your heroes, and then you pick a story quest, and these quests are based off of both historical and mythological lore and the Arthurian legend, well described, so you can never have heard it before, but you can still get into the story. And the whole objective is to complete the story. And the story is pretty simple, but it requires you to go all over the realms and find different tiles and find different places and slay certain monsters, find certain elite, and it's all cooperative. So the game is against you, but you've got to work as a team. And right. you've got time limits, and you've got ultra destiny abilities, and you've got your special powers, and you've got magical weapons and special horses and things you can get, and unicorns, <laughs> and pegasus. Is pegasus! It's like going to Hogwarts. It's crazy. Right. So it's a pretty impactful game, but the whole point of it is to solve the story, and the story pretty much dictates what you have to do, and on the rules of game, the mechanics are there that allow right. you to play the game within those rule boundaries and have fun, and just questing. You're hunting, and you're, you're finding, and you're... Do whatever you have to do.
0: How many players can play this game?
4: The core game is one to four players. You can play one player alone. You can play all four characters by yourself. Because it's completely cooperative, you can just have an all-nighter yourself and just play the game and have all your knights running around together. It's fine. I've done it.
0: I love cooperative games, man. They're so mean. I love
4: it. I love cooperative. Totally <laughs> co- get excited. Yeah. You get excited, you, you know, you're tough, you don't, you're almost going to lose, you got to really think about this together, you got to work together. People have different, you know, strengths, some people are good mathematicians, and they go, oh, God, we've only got 15, 15 actual movement points left, and it's like, how did you figure that out, right, and just stuff like that, but, you know, you get got your crew, and, and then there's an expansion, of the deluxe set, which is the $60 pledge, it comes with the first expansion built into it, right. and that leads up to six players, and then there's, we have a, hopefully, if we stretch goal, the first two stretch goals are, are two more expansions, which, honestly... We built the whole game and it was so full, we realized that it's too full for a core game. There's, no, right. there's still room for more expansions, but we had to kind of take some stuff out and turn them into expansions. So I couldn't imagine playing it without the expansions anymore because it's just too full. But, you know, these expansions hopefully will reach them and then, you know, up to six players okay. and uh, everyone's favorite character, hopefully.
0: It seems as though you are taking a pragmatic or down and dirty approach to building, kind of like in Americanizing something that might be a European-based game.
4: It's hard. It's very hard. I'm sure there's going to be a few kinks to work out before we go to final print, but uh, we're pretty confident that so far the conventions that we've gone to and the test market that we've played with, we've had nothing but positive feedback, which is a little bit scary because sometimes I prefer to have some constructive criticism, and I have had a couple, but not as much as I thought. So either I'm really hitting home run the first time round, or I'm super lucky, and I'm going to bet on super lucky. (laughs) Luck never hurts. Oh man, the way you get through it
0: sometimes. Yeah, but you sound like a stand-up guy, man. I mean, I I didn't know what this conversation was gonna was gonna be about. (laughs) I mean, because you know, I didn't give you any questions. You didn't give me any questions. We didn't even talk. We just yeah, we were just like, I know a guy who knows a guy. Show up at
4: five (laughs) p.m. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're super chill. You're like totally relaxed and fun to talk to. (laughs) So
0: you too, man. I'm, I'm loving your vibe, man. I, and I thought that when I watched the video, I was like, this guy is pretty calming, man.
4: So I, I was talking... To- That's the first time someone's described you as calming. Well, you That's talk pretty, fast.
0: fast. But I listen. And another thing I noticed when I watched your video is that you preached teamwork. And you had a team because I believe, I believe in life, individuals lose, teams
4: win. Everything I do, I have a team. And I'm all about the wolf mentality, and the wolf pack. Right. And everything I do, all my business adventures, I surround myself with competent team members who are also my friends that I care about. And I'm telling you, I could not do anything solo in this world anymore. I need to have my friends to run with and work with and, and you know, eat with and drink with and just party with. And these are the people that make the world go round. And it's just, why would you want to be lonely? you got to have your team with you. And these guys on the Albion Legacy team are awesome people. They're just a great group of guys. We worked together for a lot before and other things. And we're friends. And so I I can't see any downside to having them put in front of me as people that I couldn't have done this without them. See, it
0: it was like I read a movie script and he just filled in all of the blanks. I mean, I don't know how Thomas did it. So I would say go to Kickstarter and check out Albion's Legacy and proof positive for yourself. Do your due diligence. Just don't listen to me. But I think it's totally cool. Albion's Legacy. That's A-L-B-I-O-N apostrophe S Legacy. Now, I don't know how to pronounce the name of your company. Could you help me with that?
4: That's Lynn Vander.
0: L-Y-N-N-D-A-N-D-E-R. Lynn Vander. Sometimes you you get by with a little help from your friends. Dude, Thomas, thank you very much, man. Thank you, my friend. Take care. And on this week's Meet the Crowd, let's welcome Paul of Radio Crowdfunding. On full disclosure, Paul and I worked together many years ago in Washington, D.C., at National Public Radio, on All Songs Considered. Welcome to DJ Grandpa's crib, Paul. A very rare individual indeed, Paul. A very rare individual indeed, and I'm not saying it's just because he and I used to work together, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's part of it. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Abdullah, is that you?
0: It's me, DJ Grandpa. But to you, he knows me also as Abdullah. He's known me before the 80s.
7: So let's hit it. Let's talk about Radio Craft. Yes, but you have moved on. It's been 10 years, you know. You do the Bob Edwards show once a month, I believe, something like that. The great thing about that is that my segment, fortunately, they always use my segment because it's a cultural programming segment. It's not like hard news. They always cut that into what's known as Bob Edwards Weekend, which is a two-hour show that's distributed by Public Radio International. So, all the stations get a little bit of Bob and they get a little bit of me too.
0: How did you wind up in the crowdfunding space? It's a peculiar space. Your brand, your
7: portal, Radio Crowdfund. I got mixed up with a guy who was doing a website and it was called Song Seeds. And basically, it was a crowdfunding site for individual songs. Now, his wasn't that successful and since then there is a new crowdfunding site going for the same thing. Now music startups are the surest way to get a venture capitalist's eyes to glass over and say you know there's some candy in the dish out by the elevator. <laughs> so help yourself on the way down because there are so many rights issues and piracy issues and there's just a lot of complications. But I was advising this gentleman about the crowdfunding space, and I started to, of course, do my homework. And I got into Kickstarter, looking at music campaigns, Indiegogo, looking at the music campaigns on there, sort of reverse engineering them, deconstructing them, finding out what made them click. Great. And I realized that there was good music there and that somebody might be interested in hearing about the bands that are undiscovered. And that was a, a step from all songs considered because what all songs considered was and still is is a new music discovery juggernaut if you want to know about good new music check out any all songs considered podcast from the last 14 years it's been up and you're bound to find something that you like within that mix within one of bobs or or robin's mixes and you would just be like oh wow this is a great band it's my new favorite song so i wanted to do kind of the same thing help people discover new music and what the crowdfunding platforms, basically Kickstarter, Indiegogo, what they represented to me, like I could be a curator of music and then beyond me, these crowdfunding platforms provided a very viable filter. Like if you have it together enough to create a crowdfunding campaign, let's say on Kickstarter, you've got a reasonable goal, you're not trying to go for $125,000 and, and I usually catch the campaigns within the first five days of launch, right? I see them you know, when they've got 28 days, 26 days left to go in a month-long campaign, that kind of thing. And if at that point I see that a band has, let's say, $3,500 and they're trying to raise 7,000, so they're about 50% of the way there, and they've got 32 or 37 backers already, You know, you always have to watch out for the ones that have $3,500 and have like three backers. You know that somebody's rich uncle is involved. Yeah, friends and family money. And if they've got that together and they've got some nice rewards and they've got some good pitch text, it narrows the field down for me. Then I will say, all right, let me hear what you've got. I go to a band campaign or a SoundCloud page, and then I make my judgment as to whether they're Worthy of a couple of lines in a blog post and an embedded track. It's basically about awareness, so have you been it pretty is. successful with
0: getting out the awareness or upping the awareness of these groups?
7: Very few of these bands operate under what's called the stranger strategy of crowdfunding. So right. somebody stumbles across your campaign. You know, there aren't many people out there. There are some, some some hardcore types who contribute to a lot of, you know, crowdfunding campaigns. 90, 100 of them, whatever. But. On my blog, it's divided into two parts. One section right up top is called Crowdfunded Creations, where I will review and embed a song from a band that has successfully crowdfunded new material. And then I've got two in progress campaigns that I review. And hopefully people will see that and listen to the tracks and be like, wow, that's a great song. I'm gonna contribute to this campaign. So yeah, it's a little bit of awareness and a little bit of of helping these bands hit their goals and stuff. I have more impact, of course, on the radio when I talk with Bob, and it's on SiriusXM, and it's on Public Radio International. For example, there was a great band, their cousins, a guy and a girl out in Arizona, in Phoenix. They're called Old Hours. Right. I listened to their stuff, it was great. And I was like, these guys are terrific. I had a segment coming up, plus I reviewed their campaign on my site. Now, fortunately, the segment was taped and aired It was perfectly timed to catch the last about 10 days of their Kickstarter campaign. So they had maybe nine days left. They had about 1,800. They were looking for 6,500. It airs on Wednesday on SiriusXM all day. You know, Bob's show repeats hour after hour. And by Thursday, they had maybe $4,000. And I was like, this is great. You guys are, you know, doing good. You got a little boost. Well, Saturday, when Bob Edwards' weekend started airing, by the time I left the house at around 7 p.m. to go see some music, they were up just a little under $6,000. And I sent them an email and said, Hey, I think you're going to make it over tonight. And sure enough, they ended up $1,000 over their goal. So when I get on the radio, I really give them a boost. You know, that's happened, you know, maybe I'd say eight or 10 times where I get on the radio and a band is still promoting. But I think the real story that interests me
0: about you. Not Mm -hmm. to knock anything else you're doing. It's just that you know that you and I could have potential problems. Because I call myself the world's biggest music fan, DJ Grandpa. And you're like a threat to that. Because (laughs) you're like a threat to that. Because I love music. I do the show for music. But I don't get to do music as much anymore. Or hardly. Because I've monetized. And musicians are terminally broke. (laughs) (laughs)
7: honestly that's another thing that really appeals to me about kickstarter and you know the music angle goes in yes yes these people are broke yes they're working you know two three other jobs to make ends meet but -hmm. this does give them an opportunity to say hey you know what i've got people who really dig my music and you know yeah they come to see my shows but you know maybe they can help me take it to the next level and the next level it's a real hustle factory crowdfunding platforms you know check out
0: Radio Crowdfund because Paul is killing it and now that I am oh, it, it's almost like a tear that I can't do music as much I have to rely on him to do it and so as I said go to Radio Crowdfund and lean on him until maybe until I can get some more music in the house or maybe he'll just have to give an update of the best songs in music for me and maybe he'll do that I don't know but, be happy Man, but it's totally cool, man, to to know what you're doing and to be jealous of you that you get to do it and I don't. (laughs) I'd like to thank all our guests. I'd also like to thank our listeners. Each week, we couldn't do it without you guys. A special thanks goes out to Trevor Williams and to my mentor, the mumbler, for providing music. Thanks to Jeffrey Banks, Bertram Zeke, and Zach Simile, our assistant editors. Until next week, so say we all. The homepage for DJ Grandpa's Crib is
3: djgrandpa.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, DJ Grandpa's Crib, all one word. Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, which helps other people discover the show. And don't forget to leave a comment while you're there. Our producer is Von Rupert. The executive producer of this and all Bedrock Communications podcast is AF Lucas.